This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. To Menachem um, Abel, his father, the real father, passed away. He was a very, very big tzaddik. He he wrote um, he wrote a whole he wrote a very big sefer on Shulchan Aruch. Um, so I was going to be Menachem Abel. It's my rebbe. He's supposed to be Menachem Abel. So I called up Rabbi Gamliel. I said, no, I'm going to come to Israel to be Menachem Abel. But if I do, I'm going to miss my share. What should I do? He said, Borer, it's more important for you to give your share than to come be Menachem Abel for his father. So he asked me if I would give the share Lili Nishmas's father. So, Rav Levi ben Rabbi Gamliel. All right, we're going to, we're going to turn your heads a little bit tonight. Um, new share, new share. Very, very, very deep and a very, very different look at what is what is Purim really all about. So, Haman Esther Minayin. The Gemara says, "Where do you know Esther? Where do you see Esther in the Torah?" Haster Asteris Panai. Hashem said, "I'm going to hide my face." That's where you see Esther in the Torah. Mordechai in the Torah. Where do you see Mordechai in the Torah? It says Mordurar Pashkisisa when the the to bring the spices the Ketayra. So two of the spices were called Mordurar. Uklis translates it as Mordechai. Mordurar is Mordechai. So Mordechai's name is in the Besamim of that was brought in the Ketayra. Haman Menatayra Minayin. Where do we see Haman in the Torah, right? So, this is my whole shift tonight. Where do we see Haman in the Torah? So we go back to Pasha Veracious. And the story of the Eight Tadas. And the story of the Eight Tadas. So there was a snake, we all know. And the snake was very shrewd. Now, one of the, one of the things about the snake was that one of the questions that a lot of kids ask me is, how could Chava have done an Avera if she didn't have a Yetzirah? They didn't have a Yetzirah until they ate from the Yetzirah. So if she didn't have a Yetzirah, if you don't have an evil inclination, then how could you sin? So that she did have a Yetzirah, but she didn't have a Yetzirah because we know that until she ate from the tree, she didn't have a Yetzirah. So the, the Zayar speaks about it and he says that she was created by Hashem without a Yetzirah. The Nachash was created as the Yetzirah, but he was outside. He's like a bad friend. So like, the Nachash is like, let's go to the movies. But if, if you have a friend that tells you they want you to go to the movies with them, it's not so hard to say no. I'm not in the mood, I don't want to. I went to Rabbi Walsing's share, he said I shouldn't go to the movies. Whatever the reason is, you're not going to the movies, right? But, when in your head, you're saying, I want to go to the movies, when you're saying, in your head, I want to go to the movies, it's very hard to fight your evil inclination. So before she ate from the Eitzhadas, the Nochus was an outside influence. After she ate from the Eitzhadas, he became, he went inside and became you. So you have a Yetzirah and a Yetzirah. Not that 
There is the Yitzhak and Yitzhak outside, good friend and bad friend. Go to the movie, don't go to the movie, go to the movie, don't go to the movie. No, in your head, it's like, go to the movie, don't go to the movie, I don't know what I should do. So it's very hard to fight yourself. That was, that was the difference between before the hate and after the hate. Now, it says that the Nachash was Aram. Doesn't say he was bad, but he was shrewd. The Nachash was very shrewd. What was his shrewdness? So it says, Vayom Elisha, he said to the woman, Avkiyom Elokim, Leisechlum, Mikol Eitagon, is it true that Hashem said that you shouldn't eat from any of the trees in the, in the garden? Vayom Elisha, Lanochosh, Mepri Eitagon, Neichal. We're allowed to eat from the fruit. Mepri Eitagon, Neichal. But the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the, of Ganeid and the Eitadas, Amalakim Leisechlu, we're not allowed to eat, we're not allowed to touch. Okay? So at this point, she was good. She said, you're not allowed to eat from the tree. He said, what are you allowed to eat? What are you allowed? What are you not allowed to? She answered him. She wasn't bad. She didn't say, let's eat from the tree. She said, Hashem said, you're not allowed to eat from the tree. So he didn't get anywhere with her at this point. She said, no. I know you're not allowed to eat from the tree. So what did he do? He said, you should know. That Hashem knows. When you're going to eat from the tree, your eyes will open up. You'll be like God. Because God knows good and bad and you don't. So what he ignited, what he went after, was a midah that she never had to deal with before. And that was a midah, which we'll see soon, happened... The, this whole, the whole story of Esther, Megillah's Esther, is really the story of the Eitz Hadas. It's really the same story. What he ignited in her was, he didn't say, well, you know, maybe you could eat from the tree. What he said is, by the way, you know why Hashem doesn't want you to eat from the tree? Because God has something you don't have. God knows good from bad. You don't know good from bad. So what Mida did he ignite? He, he, he ignited the meter of jealousy, which is the basis of almost every avera, every avera that a person can do. You, you should not steal. Why do you steal? Because you want what the other person has. Right? Why do you talk Lashon Hara? Because the other person's maybe getting more covered than you. You don't talk Lashon Hara on a cow. Nobody ever came over to me and said, cows, you know, it's a really bad cow out there. Right? Or on a horse. Or on a Martian. There are no Martians. Or on a planet. Or on an ocean. Right? You talk Lashon Hara on something that has an effect on you. So, yeah, this girl, you know, she's prettier than me, so I'm going to try to take her down. This person's richer than me. This person has more honor than me. Right? If you're not jealous, Lashon Hara is based in jealousy. Adultery. Right? This, this woman is married to someone else, so you want what he has, which you're not allowed to have. It's the forbidden fruit. Exactly, it's called the forbidden fruit because it's like, like exactly what happened by the Eitz She's married to someone. She, you're not allowed to have her. Why do you want to have her? Because why should, why should he have her and I shouldn't have her? That's what it's based on. So most of our Averas that we do are based on the Avera of jealousy. So that's the first Avera that, that he brought into her. And what happens, what happens, we've spoken about this before, but it's very important because you see how this comes together to Miguel. Where does it have to do with Miguel Esther? Wait. So, what happens? Listen to what happens. He tells her that you don't have what Hashem has. Hashem knows Tovarah. You don't. Oh, when she heard that Hashem has something she doesn't have, 
She looked at the tree and said, Ooh, that fruit is really tasty. Asked Chazal, how did you know it was tasty by looking at it? You can look at an apple, it can be really sour and disgusting. You have to taste it. No. When you're jealous of somebody, even if you don't need it, even if you don't want it because they have it, it's good. It looks good. Oh, I want a car. You don't drive. I know, but one day I might drive. So, come on. He has an Alfa Romeo. He's got a fancy car. I want to have such a car also. What do you need such a car for? You know, you need a car that gets you from point A to point B. You need a Maserati? Well, the guy on East 7th Street or East 2nd Street has a Maserati next door. I have to have a Maserati. Well, what do you need a Maserati for? Right, and the answer is, I don't know. Did you ever drive a Maserati? No. Maybe it's not comfortable. Maybe the seats aren't soft. I don't know. Maybe a, a Cadillac has better seats. Did you try to give a sit in a Maserati? No. So why do you want a Maserati? Well, if he has one, why can't I have one? So, so she was already, wow, that must be great. The fruit must taste good. How do you know it tastes good? Because if Hashem has something I don't have, it must be it tastes good. So right away, before this whole statement, she, she was by the Eitzhadashim. She was, she said to him, I'm not interested. Hashem said, I'm not going to have the fruit. Everything's cool. Oh, but the minute he said, Hashem has something you don't have, all of a sudden, it must be good to eat. And what happens when you're jealous of someone else? It becomes something you must have, that you want to have. It becomes a taiva. The taiva who and she lusted for it. A taiva is something like you just can't live without. So first it started off with, Wow, that's really tasty. Hello, girl, you didn't taste it. I know, but if Hashem has something, I don't have it. must be. And then it's like, and I really need it. But now, you're being bad, right? I mean, a person like that's a bad person. You, you're you lusting after what somebody else has. It's very bad. How are you going to live with yourself? But the Yitzhahara is very brilliant. What he does with the stuff that is bad, we, we rationalize it. And all of a sudden... You know what nechmad means? How do you say it in Ivrit? Nechmad, a child that's like really, what's the word? Um, huh? Nechmada, no? Precious, nechmada, a little girl, a little kid. Nechmada. So all of a sudden, she, she sees this fruit, she lost the fruit, and it's nechmada! It became like, beautiful! All from jealousy. And she takes from the tree and she eats. Became a delight. A delight to the eyes. And she takes to eat from the tree. So, so what happened over here? She used four out of her five senses. She looked at the tree. She touched the fruit. She tasted the fruit. And she listened to the snake. What's the fifth sense? Smell. Now, Haman minatayra minayin. Where is Haman in the Torah? Hamino eights. So the Bnei Yisachar brings down a mimer from the Zayar and from other places that Haman was the Nachash. He was a Gilgul. It says Vatalabesh, whatever that means. He was the Nachash. Haman came from Amalek, came from Esav, came from the Satan. He was the Nachash. Haman was the Nachash, as the Bnei Saskah brings down. 
and it's also from the Chidah. And Mordechai was Adam, and Esther was Chava, and the three players that happened in the beginning of the world were brought together at this, at this place, at this time. And four out of the five senses, we were metame. Chava was metame. She touched the tree. She ate from the tree. She looked at, she looked at the tree. She listens to the nachash. But the fifth sense, what's the fifth sense? The fifth sense is smell. And for some reason, she did not smell that fruit before. Usually you smell the fruit, then you bite into it. She did not smell that fruit before she bit into it. Baruch Hashem. So the one sense that the human being was, was not metame was smell. Now every month, every month of the year represents a different organ in the body, in Kabbalah. The month of Adar represents Chaitem, a person's nose. Because the only thing that could destroy Haman is the one sense that the Nachosh could not be Metama, which was smell. And therefore, when Hippopur, when the lottery came out, in the month of Adar, it was the only month that could take the Nachash down because it was a month that's represented by the nose, which is represented by the sense of smell, which was the only thing that the Nachash could not hurt. Now the two people that took him down, which was Adam and Chava, which is Mordechai and Esther, their names, your name is your source. Whatever your name is, that's the source of who you are. That's when you come into the world, you get a name, that's your source. What was Esther's name? Says the... Says the, the, Megillah's Esther, Esther, Zuhadasa. A hadas is a myrtle. If you crush the leaves of the myrtle, it's a spice. Right? We, we use it on, on, on one of the Abraminim, and if you ever take it and you crush it in your fingers, and you smell it, you have to make a bayamene basam. I use that for Havdallah. It's a spice. So, her name, her essence, Hadassah, which is the spice, which is the basis of smell, right? Now, the hadas is extremely bitter. If you bite into a hadas, if you try, if you chew it, it's the most bitter plant you ever chewed. It's bitter to taste, but it's unbelievable to smell. So hadassah, which was Esther, was bitter to Haman, who was, who brought the, the, the taste, the, 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 the sense of taste. He was metame, so she was very bitter for him, but against him, Hadas, because she's, because her basis of her name, Hadassah, was a spice, she was able to destroy him. Mordechai, in Pasha's Kisisa, so where does Mordechai's name come from? In the Bissamin, the smell, the spices that were brought in the base of Megdash, there was a spice called Mordurar. And the Uncles translates Mordurar, Mordechai. So Mordechai's name in the Torah comes from two spices. So that Mordechai's name is based in smell, and Hadassah, which is Esther's name, is based in smell. So the one thing that Haman, who was in, who was the Nachash, could not affect by the Eitz Hadass to be Metame, were these two people with Adam and Chava that came back now, and they came back as Besamim, as Hadassah and Mordechai, and that's why they were able to destroy him. Okay. Now, what was the, what happened to these two because they ate from the Eitz Hadas? This whole story takes place at the Eitz Hadas. Their eyes opened up. And they found out that they were unclothed. 
But he separated love to Eina. We asked him chagurais. They took fig leaves and they covered themselves. Okay, they were hiding. He said, where are you? Usually you're walking around Gan Eden, all of a sudden you're hiding. What's going on? I hear your voice in the gun. But I'm scared, Hashem, that you should see me because I'm undressed, I'm unclothed. So I got dressed. Hashem said, who told you that you don't have any clothing on? Who told you this? Right? How do you know you don't have clothing on? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat? Where do you know Haman's name? From Hamin Ha'etz. Now, what does this mean? That after the age of the Eitz death, they realized they were not clothed. You're telling me that these two human beings were walking around without any clothing? That's the way it, most people learn it, but it's not true. They're walking around like animals. So in Kabbalah, and in many Sifri Kabbalah, it says the following. They were always clothed. But they weren't clothed in physical garments. They were clothed in a, in a spiritual light. So you could not see their bodies. They were glowing. Their bodies were glowing. They were in a, in a very physical light. In fact... Rabbi Meir says that when Mashiach comes, there's a word in the Torah that's going to be changed. What's that word? Hashem made for, after they sinned, Hashem made for them clothing out of or ayin vav resh, which is skin, and he dressed them. And that was sort of a punishment because they used to be with an aleph. They used to be dressed in light. But now that they lost the light, Hashem dressed them in or with an ayin. When Mashiach comes, says Rabbi Meir, the ayin is going to be changed back to the aleph. That we're going to be in an or, in a light, in a, in a, in a spiritual light. So that was the reaction. The reaction was that because they did this Avera, they lost Something amazing. They were walk, they used to be walking around. You could not see their nakedness. You could not see their bodies because they were in this glow, in this holy spiritual glow. And now they lost it. And now they were hiding. And they had to cover up because now that glow wasn't there anymore. So they tackle where I had no clothing on. Now, if you look at Megillah's Esther, so I, this is a brand new shear. I, n- I never learned this before, and I, I, it's like. It's mind-boggling because if you look at Megillah, it says there's a lot of things that don't make sense. And one of them is, it says that when Esther went to the king, Achashverosh, so it says she got dressed. This is what it says. And it was on the third day, all the Jews were fasting, right? They were all fasting and, and davening. And it was on the third day. And Esther... Got dressed with royalty. It doesn't say she got dressed with clothing. It should say that she got dressed with royal clothing. It doesn't say anything about clothing. It says she got dressed with royalty. What does that mean? With the clothing. Okay? Later on, we're all going to scream out Mitzvah Hashem on Purim. 
Everybody, there's certain things we say out loud, right? What do we say out loud? We say in the beginning, that we say out loud, all together, then at the end of the Megillah, we say, Mordechai went out, in front of the king, again, with royal, but here it says, clothing. By her it doesn't say clothing. So she went out with Malchus. By, by him, it says he went out with clothing of Malchus. Techeles, Bechor, he had turquoise and white wool and purple wool and gold and linen. No Alano. Right, we don't say that. We, that's Abdullah. So the question is, why do we say this out loud? Who cares what he was dressed like? Why we say, I understand why we're all screaming, La Yehudim We should all sing that out, that Yehudim were happy. But why are we saying, every one of us is saying by the Megillah, and Mordechai went out and he was wearing turquoise, blue, purple wool, and white wool, and linen, and who cares? Honestly, who cares what he's wearing? We had a, like a fashion show? So I understand the city was Shushan was hot. What do I care? Why do we all have to scream this out loud? The answer is unbelievable. The answer is that Esther, before she walked into the king, who's the king? Again, every time in the Megillah, Esther doesn't say the word Achashveros, Hamelech is talking about Hashem. And the Bnei Yisoscha, and the, it's brought down in the, in the Kabayoshar, it says that what happened over here was that whatever happened in Shemayim happened in Aretz. So, so really, when the king signed, when it says that the king gave a signet ring to Haman to sign that the Jewish faith that we'd all be destroyed, it's talking about Hashem. If Hashem wouldn't have given uh, Amalek, the Satan, the right to write the Gzeira, then Achashverosh wouldn't have been able to write it here. Whatever happened in the Shemayim happened here. And, and what was, what was, I spoke about this this week a lot, what, what was, why did Achashverosh, it says that Achashverosh, when Haman came to him and he said, let's destroy the Jews, Achashverosh said, are you crazy? I have a thousand women in my harem. I just threw a party like nobody's business, right? I mean, I just threw a party. Everybody loves me because he gave a party for the whole world. I'm the richest king. I'm the king of the world. I got all these women. I got wine for every age of any human being. I could give them wine that's older than them. I've got the perfect life. You want me to mess with the Jews? Paro did it. Gone. Nebuchadnezzar did it. Gone. Titus did it. Gone. Belshazzar did it. Gone. Why do you think that I could do something that no one until now could do it? Why should I take this chance? So the Nachash Haman said something very scary. I spoke about this, I spoke about this Monday night in Manhattan. And it has to do with a little bit of what's going on in our generation. So who I spoke for Monday night was actually Beragola. I spoke to raise money for Beragola. And the person that got up before me spoke about that Beragola has students that are Russians and Bukharians and immigrants. We need to help them. And I got up and I said, excuse me, I'm really sorry. 
but the Jewish nation doesn't have Russians and Bukharians and immigrants. The Jewish nation has Jews. Period. Jewish children go to Baragola. None of this separation business. A rabbi once made a comment that shook me at my core. He got up and he said, I don't understand. The people who hate the Jews don't discriminate between what kind of Jew you are. Right? The Nazis didn't say, Oh, you're Hasidish. Oh, you're, you're, you're Litvish. Oh, you're a Sephardi. Oh, you're Bukharian. You're Persian. Oh. Right? You're religious. You're reformed. You're conservative. They killed every single Jew. It did not make a difference where you came from. You, Jude, Jude, you're dead. So he got up and said, I don't understand. When it comes to hating Jews, all Jews are alike. How come when it comes to loving Jews, we have so much discrimination between us? So I don't understand. Hatred, we're all the same. Doesn't matter, Jew to Jew. When it comes to loving, it's like, well, that's Hasidic. Oh, she's mono. She's wearing pants. Oh, she's not. Her skirt's short. Her skirt's too long. Oh, she's Hasidic. So I get very upset. I got up and I said, there's no Bukharian kids and there's no Persian kids and, and Russian kids and Sephardic kids. There are Jewish kids. But until we get that through our head, we're going to be in Gullus. And Haman, who's an Achash, who's a Satan, understood this. So at the same time he's talking to Achash he's actually talking to Hashem. So what does he say? Vayomer Haman lemelech Achash Yeshno am echad, there is a nation, the Jewish nation. Mufuzer umufured they are scattered and dispersed. They don't get along. They're not ba'achdos. They don't treat each other equally. The only way, the only time that you can destroy the nation, the Jewish nation, is when they're not ba'achdos. The Chavetz Chaim says that when David HaMelech went to war, he lost many soldiers against the Plishtim because they spoke Lashon Hara. He says, I believe it was Achav was the king, was the worst king the Jews ever had. Every street corner was Abayi Zarah. No one brought Abayi Zarah to the Jewish nation more than him. And that when he went out to fight the Plishtim, he never lost a single soldier. And the Chavetz Chaim says, I don't understand. Dovod HaMelech, he was Gibayrim and Tzadikim. And they went out and all these men got killed. And this Russia who brought Abayi Zarah and Znus and the worst, we were on the lowest morality the Jews ever were. Not a soldier got killed. You know what that is? To go to war and come back with not one person dead. Why? Because they were very careful about how they spoke about each other. Chavz Chaim says this. So the Satan, in the generation of Mordechai and Esther, he found a way in. He found a crack. And he said to Achishverosh, you don't have to worry about them. In Mitzrayim, they were Ba'achdos. They're not Ba'achdos. They're spread out all over the place. They don't like each other. They don't get along with each other. And they look good. They look good. They just, you know, the Yetzirah is talking to Hashem now. Like, they go to shul. They're wearing long skirts. They're wearing white shirts. They look good. 
Everything looks good. Everyone's going through the motions. But But the laws of the king, the connection to Hashem, the emuna and bitachon in God, and the relationship with God, no, that they don't do. Oh, they're different. They look different. They have different holidays. But the dasai of the melech, the relationship with God, with Hashem, emuna and bitachon, that they don't have. And therefore, even though they wear tzitzes and they wear tefillin and they wear long skirts and they're doing all this stuff, but if they don't have a relationship with the king, so what are they doing all that stuff for? It's a, tr- a problem that we have a little bit in our generation. So there's no reason to keep them alive, Hashem. End of the day, yeah, they keep shops, they do all that stuff, but they don't, they don't know you. They don't, they, don't, they don't believe in you, they don't know you, so what's it worth it to keep them alive for? And he was telling to Achashverosh, we have a chance now. They don't have a Muna. They don't get along. We can take them down. And that's what happened. And the king, and, and I, I can read it to you from inside, and this whole thing was the Sultan was talking to Hashem, and Hashem said, okay, let's write to Xerah. And he wrote to Xerah. And the problem that he wrote to Xerah is that later on, when Haman went down and everything went down, and Esther said to the Melech, to Hashem, or to Achatveros, however you want to look at it, she said, okay, send out a letter to retract the Xerah that you wrote. That no one's allowed to hurt us, no one's allowed to attack us, that the first Xerah that you wrote is not true. And the king said, I can't do it. He said, that's written in the name of Hashem, in the name of the king, and Hashem signed it, you can't take it back. So what you could do, is you could write another Xerah, that the Jews can protect themselves, but you cannot write that the first Xerah is null and void. And therefore it's brought down in many Svarim that the Xerah of Purim still exists. In other words, because Hashem wrote that Xerah, it has to happen. But what happened on Purim is, it got pushed off. And a lot of people say that, that the Holocaust, and they have proof that the Holocaust were very, very connected. Okay, let's go all the way back to what it's connected to. The Menei brings down that Haman brought up the selling of Yosef by his brothers, and that the whole Gezerah of Purim was based on because Yosef was sold by his brothers. And we see that the ten, the, the revenge that they were supposed to take were the ten sons of Haman were supposed to help destroy us, and the ten sons of Haman hung, or Hashem, because in the end Hashem pushed off the Gezerah. How many brothers were there that tried to sell Yosef? There were ten. Binyamin wasn't there. And Reuben had left, right? And how do we know that it was exactly the, for the selling of the 
brothers, because it says, it's unbelievable, it says that after Haman and Achashverosh decided to destroy Klai Yisrael, what do they do? Everybody was depressed and the edict was distributed through Shushtavahama, And after they wrote such a terrible Xer against Israel, what did they do? They sat down to eat. What did the brothers do after they sold Yosef? They sat down to eat. And this was Mida, Kenei, and Mida. And therefore, who was the only one that could actually destroy Haman? Had to come from where? Had to come from Sheba Binyamin. Because Binyamin wasn't in the whole thing of selling Yosef. So Esther and Mordechai both came from Sheba Binyamin. So the only one that could take down Haman, because Haman's whole taina was, they sold the brothers, that's true. But, but Mordechai and Esther come from Binyamin, and Binyamin did not sell his brother. And therefore that's another reason that these two were used in order to destroy, to destroy Haman. But let's, let's go back. Let's go back. So, why does it say that Esther, this malchus that she was wearing when she came out, right? It doesn't say that she was wearing any, she was wearing clothing. It says that she, that she came out with this, with this malchus. And the answer is that what happened to us by the Eitzhanas, because we ate from the Eitzhanas, what happened? We lost our our clothing of or of, 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 of Malchus, right? So we lost that. The Satan caused that to happen to us. By the way, it's just interesting that the whole thing with Vashti was that she was supposed to come down without any clothing. The whole thing of Vashti. So the whole thing of not having any clothing ended up Vashti got killed, which brought Esther to the kingdom, and she ended up having the, the, the clothing of Ruach HaKodesh. It says, what was this? All the Swarms say this. What was this that Tilbash Esther Malchus? All the Swarms say, what was this Malchus? In the seven spheres, what's Malchus? Ruach HaKodesh. She put on the clothing that was taken off because she was Chava. Because she lost that clothing. When she was Chava, she lost that, that aura, that light. She, for three days, they fasted and davened until she got back that light. So it doesn't say she put on clothing. It wasn't clothing. She put on Malchus. Malchus was Kedusha. And she came into him with this Kedusha. This was the anti of the Nachos. You took away my clothing. I'm going to go into the Melech to save Yisrael with the clothing that I had before the Avera. Everything's supposed to cure, it's supposed to fix the Avera of the Eitz So she came specifically with the clothing of Malchus, which is what she lost by the Eitz And by him, right, by him, and that was one Sphero, there's different spheres. There's, there's Malchus, there's Chesed, there's Netzach, there's all these different things. She came with Malchus. And Mordechai, the reason that we read it out loud, we read it out loud that, that we won... We killed the Nachash. He fixed what happened to Adam and Chava. And therefore we scream out that he left with also Levush Malchus. With royal clothing and Techelas and Achor and all these things in Kabbalah are all different spheres. So we're saying out loud, we won Nachash. We fixed what you did. You took our clothing. You took our spiritual clothing away. At the end of the story, Mordechai, who was Adam, came back. And he's now wearing the clothing that he was. And Esther, who came before the Melech, it's talking about Hashem actually, came before the Melech, she also got her clothing back. And the way they translate this, that when she came before the Melech, right, 
What Tamoy Bechatzah Beis Hamelach, not Achashverosh. Doesn't say Achashverosh. She stood in the Chatzah, the base of, and it brings down that where is that? In the other world, that is in the Chatzah of the base Hamigdash Shalmaila. So she was standing in the other world, in the, in the courtyard of the base Hamigdash Shalmaila. She was wearing, she was wearing the big day Malchus, this spiritual clothing. And what happened? Hashem was sitting on his throne. When Hashem saw Esther HaMalka standing there in pure light of Malchus, the pure Kedusha light of Malchus, standing there, in Kabbalah, what Shabbat Azov? Chesed. Hashem Hashem, because he had written did, he had written that we should be destroyed. But when he saw Esther HaMalka, that for three days the Jews fasted and learned and didn't give up on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and she's standing there looking like Chava before the Avera. She's in a light of Malchus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembered that before the Avera, what Chava was, what Chava was like, this is Obene Saskha, right? So she, so he said, he put down his, his Rachamim, what do you want? On the Kisei Rachamim, whatever you want, I will give you. Now Esther was very smart. She was taking revenge for what happened by Chava. Achashverosh and Haman, Haman who was the Nachash, who was advising Achashverosh, said, let's finish what we started by the Eitz Hadas. What was the Eitz Hadas, the Gemara says? The Eitz Hadas was a grapevine. The tree Eitzadas was a grapevine. And it's brought down that how come Adam, when Chava brought him the, from the grapevine, how come he took it? He knew what it looked like. He should have said no. So Chazal say, that actually the Zayar says that she, she knew that. So she squeezed the grapes into wine. And she brought him wine. And he should have asked where it came from, and he didn't. That's why he got punished. He really didn't get punished for that. He really got punished. He wouldn't have gotten punished. She brought him wine. He didn't know. He didn't know. He got punished because he said to Hashem, he, had, he, had, he was a kafri tov. He said to Hashem, the reason I did this is because the wife that you gave me to help, right? He was a kafri tov. That's why he, if he would have said, I'm really sorry, you know, I didn't know it was wine, I didn't know, we wouldn't be, Adam wouldn't, the man would not have been punished. He was punished because he was a kafri tov. So, the nachash, and I don't have time to go through the whole medrash tonight, but the nachash said to, to, to Achashverosh, if we want to take them down, we got to bring back. How are we going to get Hashem angry at the Jews? We got to bring back the Avera of the Eitz Hadash. What was the Avera of the Eitz Hadash? That Adam drank wine. The first wine that was ever drank came from the sin of the Eitz Hadash. Let's get all the Jews. So the, what was the Mishnah called? It was called the Mishnah Yayin. The huge party. With any kind of food that you could have, music, crazy stuff. But what was it called? It was called the Mishnah Yayin. Specifically wine. Because the Nachash wanted us to do what we did last time. We had we have mitzvahs and Torah and everything, but the one thing we didn't have was to be assimilated with the guy and go to their parties. So the one thing, the way he got us to do that there is that the one thing that you don't have, you want. So he got the Jews to come to a party of wine to bring Hashem back to Din, to be angry at us, right? 
And that's how he's going to take us down. And that's how he took us down. Because we went to the party of wine and specifically talks all about, if you read the Megillah, you'll see, talks all about the wine. Wine was flowing like the hand. At whatever age, if you're 42, he gave you 43-year-old wine. It was all about the wine. And it says that he specifically had wine that wasn't touched by a guy. He had Jewish waiters serving kosher wine. He needed us to drink wine. And then, of course, we drank wine, and then we got drunk, and then we did other things we weren't supposed to do. The first Avera was through wine. And that's why, by the way, by a bris, and a pidyan ben, and a wedding, and a sheva brachas, and kiddush, the reason that it's all on wine is to be mesakein, the first Avera that was done with wine, which was the etzadas. That's why you use kiddush wine all the time. Specifically wine. So on, on, on Purim, the mitzvah is not to get high, to smoke, a, to smoke pot, you know, to smoke, to smoke pot. Oh, now I don't know the difference between, um, I'm so high, I don't know the difference, right? The mitzvah is not to know the difference between Baruch Marachai and Arahaman, right? Okay, so Rebbe, I smoked up, I'm high, I don't know the difference. Marachai sounds like a bad guy and Haman sounds like a good guy. Are you Yaitza? No. If you take a bottle of vodka and you drink till you're drunk and you're like, hey, Marachai was a bad guy, Haman was a good guy, Yaitza? No. No. You have to drink wine. Why? Because we have to be masakin what happened by the Eitz Hadas. And specifically Esther, who was Chava, said, I'm going to take you down, snake, the way you took me down. Because we know that when you kill the Ra, what happened by Bilam was very bad and he was a uh, he was a magician and a sorcerer, and he had a he had a sword. It was called the sword of snakes, and he had a sword, and on that sword were snakes, and it was cra- he had crazy power. He was flying. He knew names, so he was flying with his soldiers, and they couldn't. The Jews we couldn't get him. We didn't have, you know, anti aircraft missiles. So it says that that Moshe Rabbeinu told told Pinchas or Aaron to take the tits, which says Shem Hashem. And pointed at them, and they all fell down. And they were Pinchas was going to kill him with the Shem Hashem to kill Bilam, and Moshe or Moshe was going to kill him. And Pinchas said, one of them said to the other, "Don't kill him with the Shem Hashem, because if you if you kill the dark side with kedusha, even though you're killing them, they get the, some of that kedusha. No way could you kill the dark side with Hashem's name. They're going to get Hashem's name. We don't want them to know Hashem's name, the seventy-two letter name. So Pinchas took." the sword of snakes, it says, and killed Bilam with his own weapon, and then it says that Bilam turned into millions of snakes. That's what happened after he killed, after he chopped his head off. Maybe that's what that, 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 that Greek mythology, that, this, that, that one of their gods has all these snakes coming out of their hair. You know, that's the, that's the, that's the bad. That's, a, that's, that's the, it says that a magician, a machshefa, when you bury her, instead of turning into dust, she turns into little snakes. That's, what, that's what's brought down, huh? Serpents. serpents. Right. It turns into little serpents. So, you have to kill the enemy with his own weapon. So, Chava, who was Esther, said, you got us to eat at a suda, at a, at a, at a suda of wine. I'm going to take you down at my suda of wine. So, when she invites him, right, what does she say? That was her party. What do you want? And she said, if it's okay with the king, right? Do me a favor. Come again tomorrow. Right? That's what she said. 
So she made a Mishnayayan also. To go against, by the way, Vashti also had a Mishnayayan for the women. It was all Mishnayayan. It was all Yayan. It was all Eitzadas. It was all, it was what they were after. And she said, I will use your weapon against you. And what happens? Listen to this. This is the basis of the whole shir. So, Haman's getting invited to the party the second time. He's in a great mood. The king just told him, you're number two to me. You're above everybody. Esther Hamalka, who's, no one knows who she is. It says that the Persians looked at her, she had a Persian face. They said she's definitely what, because she didn't tell them who she was. She's definitely the, the beauty of Persia. So, and then the Greeks looked at her and said, no, no, no. She's definitely Greek. She looks like a Greek. She's the beauty of the, of, of, of the Greeks. And every country looked at her and said, her beauty is from our country. But nobody knew where she was from. For Haman to be invited, you, you just, you went, when the, when the king and queen are together, no one else is invited. For Haman to, it was a trap, but he didn't realize that. For Haman to be invited to a private party between Achishverosh and her was like, so he came out of that party like, I am the man! This is the second party. I came to the first party, and now the queen, she likes me so much, she just invited me to come again to the party. He's like walking out of there, he is floating. But the Pasik says, When he sees Mordechai in the Shah HaMelech, and he didn't get up, and he didn't bow down, he became very angry, and he came to his house, there's a very, there's a very cute pasuk. I remember my Rebbe said a little Purim Torah. So we know, how do we know that Haman and Zeresh had marital problems? They did not get along at all. Zeresh was his wife. Because if you look at the pasuk, it says the following. So he came home. And he called a meeting of all of his loved ones. And Zeresh's wife. So she wasn't part of his loved ones. She was separated. He called all his loved ones and his wife. So our Rebbe said, you see, they, they, they didn't get along. Okay? So he's calling a meeting. Now listen to this meeting. He's showing off in front of his family and he's telling them how rich he is. Look how many children I have. Look how many boys I have. And how the king made him great. And how, he, how the king made him above anybody. He's the top. He's the main man. He said, and you know what else? I went to the party, and when I got to the party, the queen liked me so much, she said, come back tomorrow. I mean, he's full of himself. Uh, he's just full of himself. And we get full of his hamantashen, but he's full of himself. Now listen to what he says. This is such a true statement. And he tells his family, and all of this is worthless. Queen, money, children, power. I have everything. It's worthless. I have nothing. Because the one thing I can't get, all the stuff I have, means nothing. What does, what is that Mida? That is the ultimate of Kafoy Tov. Unappreciative. It's someone getting up and saying, I got money, I got, I got a house, I got health, 
I got, I got kids, I got family, I, I got everything. But as long as that guy's sitting next to me in shul, I have nothing. It's the ultimate kafli tov, which is who? Which is the satan. Ultimate kafli tov. So Haman was the satan. Ha- Haman Menatayra, where do you know him from? From where? Minha eights. What was her Avera? That she had everything. She told the Nachash, I can eat from every single tree. I have everything. I live in Ganeiden. And Haman said, but there's one thing you don't have. You don't have knowing between good and bad. And she fell. And what made him fall? Why did he fall? Because the Nachash, who put into us this meat of jealousy, so his core is jealousy, in the end, have Haman would have been okay. I have everything. So Mordechai, who cares? And he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have started up with Mordechai. We all would have been dead. But because he said, and he says it, I have everything, but as long as he's around, it's meaningless. He's a kafoi taif. The opposite of God, the opposite of Yudke Vavke, the opposite of Hashem's name is a person who's an ingrate. A person who's ungrateful, that is the opposite of a rachamim of Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke. How do you know that? Listen to this. If you take the statement that he make, that he made, right? And he said the following. right? Einenu Shaveli. If you take, because now, He's an ingrate. And he's trying to bring din. And the name of God that's the most din is when you spell the yud ke vav ke backwards. Instead of yud hey vav hey, hey vav hey yud. That's the worst name. That's the biggest din that could be. Because yud ke vav ke is rachamim. If you, if you turn around and spell it backwards, it's din. Every month of the year has Hashem's name spelled differently. The month that has Yud Kei Vav Kei spelled in, in order is the month of Nisan. The month of, the biggest month of Din where it's spelled backwards is the month of Tammuz, the month that the base of Migdash and Yushalayim was surrounded in the beginning of, this, of the destruction of everything that we had. Haman was trying to bring Din on Klai Yisrael. Din comes through a person who's an ingrate, a person who doesn't, who doesn't appreciate what he has. So if you go backwards, and you take the word zeh, bechol zeh, right? Zeh. What's the second letter? What's the last word, letter in zeh? Is a hey. What's the last letter in a nenu? Is a vav. What's the last letter in shava? Is a hey. What's the last word in li? All this is not worth anything to me. Li is a yud. So if you take those words and you go backwards, what does it spell? It spells Hashem's name backwards. Hey, right? Which is a zeh. Vav, which is a nanu. Shava is the other hey, so it's hey, vav, hey, li, which is yud. He got up and he said, a nanu shava li. He was spelling Hashem's name backwards because the biggest opposite of God is a person who was unappreciative. And he was trying to climb that Klaishrol. Look at them. They're spread out. They don't get along. They don't talk to you. They don't talk about you, Hashem. They go to parties. They're unappreciative. You have to be din. But Esther, 
turned it around. And she spelled Hashem's, she brought back Hashem's name and she spelled it forwards. How did she spell it forwards? And this was the trap. It's, it's very Kabbalistic. The Nachash, Haman didn't realize that the party that he was coming to was Hashem's name spelled Barachamim. So he was coming to a party that the, the, the basic foundation of the party was Rachamim. So he was being brought into a trap. He thought, then, she made a party based on Rachamim. How do we know this? So if you look, when she invited him, she says the following. Imal HaMelech Tov. Yavo Yud. HaMelech Hey. Vehaman Bav. Hayom Hey. When she invited them to the party, the first invitation to the party was the king should come with with the Nachash, with Haman, Hayom, Alamishta. So she invited Hashem, the Melech, to the party using the name Yudke Vavke, which is Rachamim, and she brought Haman to this party that was based on the Melech Rachamim. Of course, he had no chance, but he did not know that. So Chaba was being misakin. What happened at the tree? What happened at the tree? What happened at the tree was she had everything, and the one thing she didn't have, she had to have, and that's what took us down. And in turn, she used that weapon on Haman, because now he had everything, and the one thing he did not have destroyed him. And the reason that we drink wine, specifically, is because we misakin, that this whole thing happened from the Eitzadas. And the Eitzadas was Yayin. Okay, so that's a little bit of a different outlook into what, what was what was going on in, 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 in this Megillah. But it's not over. At the end, the last scene in the play, so to say, of Haman, what happened? What happened? What happened was, so Esther says, by the way, just as a very... Very beautiful shot. That she, when she says to the king, um, when she tells him about Haman, she says the following. Even if he would have sold us it would have been okay, but not to kill us. So he said, And Haman, right, so Haman was in big trouble, right? But what happened here is that the truth was, and this is very, very deep, the truth was that the Melech had a problem. And now, Melech again, Shemayim and Aretz, Achashverosh and Melech is Hashem. And the problem was, that the Sultan said, I, I didn't sign the Xera, Hashem, you signed the Xera. So even though Esther is saying to Akhatreros, somebody wants to kill me, my children, and my family, and my nation. Akhatreros said, who, who? Me who's there, who? Haman, Harazah. What did the king do? Did he kill him? Didn't do anything. What did he do? He got up and ran out to the garden. Hey, your wife just told you, man, this guy wants to kill me. Do something. He, he gets up and runs away. 
He goes to the garden. Why did the king go to the garden? Because the king had a problem. At the end of the day, how is he going to get rid of Haman? He's going to go to court. He's going to say, um, I want you to hang this guy. What did he do? He's going to kill, he was going to kill my wife and her family. Haman's going to say, I, 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 never, I never said that. I never wrote anything. You signed it. You, you signed the, the decree. It had the king's signature. It didn't have Haman's signature. It had the king's signature. So the king was in a pickle. He's like, oh my gosh. I signed the paper to kill my wife and her nation and her family. I got a problem. He can't do anything to Haman. So he went into the garden. He's like, what am I going to do? He didn't have an answer. Kodesh Baruch Hu girls signed that Xero. So at the end of the day, the Sultan's like, hey, Hashem, you signed it. I didn't sign it. You signed it. So how's Hashem going to save us? Somebody say he signed the Xero. How can he wipe out Amalek? How can he wipe out Haman if he signed the Xero? Hashem signed the Xero. So he goes into the garden. What that means in Shemayim, whatever that means. The king goes into the garden. Hey, listen to the words. Right? Come back from the garden. By the way, what did, what did Haman want to hang Mordechai on? An eight. What was the Avera done by? The eight Hadas. So the whole thing that he started with, why didn't he chop his head off? Why didn't they burn him at the stake? He said, no, we're going to build it, an H, and it brings down that that H came from my liberations, by the way. It talks about that. It was actually, it's a very beautiful, I don't have time tonight, it's a very beautiful medrash, where Hashem went to every single tree and said, which tree, which tree wants to have him hang on him and it ended up being a thorn tree I don't remember the measure exactly but the whole measure went to every single tree but anyway the bottom line is that what was his whole thing his whole thing was it said that this tree was packed from the beginning of the world his whole thing was I'm going to hang him on a tree and he ended up because the Avdeira was done on a tree his whole Koyach the Koyach of the Sutton girls came from the tree, from the Eitz Hadas. That was his source. That was his power. That's how he made us fall. So now he was going to, he was going to do a, a complete execution. Right? I got you down by the tree. Now I'm going to hang you on the tree. But what happened? You were going to hang us on the tree. You want to bring back the whole Eitz Hadas? In the end, you're going to hang on the tree. But you're going to hang us. You have to hang the enemy with his own sword. So we, she went ahead and she got him back with the yayin, the yayin that you gave us, and the tree that got us. You're going to hang on the tree, we're going to have a Mishnah yayin. Exactly. You're going to die by what you try to do to us. But the king comes back in, and what does he see? He sees that Haman is laying on Esther. It looks like he is attacking her in the king's house. So he says to him, You want to, you want to, you want to hurt my Malka, my queen, with me in the house? When those words, not when those words came from the mouth of the king, Haman's face changed colors. 
Because Haman now realized the king doesn't have to take him to court. And now it has nothing to do with the Gzeira that was signed. You're raping the, the queen in my castle? You're dead. There's no court case. There's no discussion. There's no, like, how am I going to answer to the people? I signed it. It has nothing to do with the Gzeira anymore. It has nothing to do with the Gzeira. You're attacking my queen? Haman knew at that point, I'm done. Because now it has nothing to do with the Gzeira. I don't have an answer. I can't be Makachik anymore. That's why we wear a mask. That's one of the main reasons we wear a mask on Purim is because it says, it changed. His face changed because he realized it was over. So the, the end scene with Haman, because then they took him out and they hung him right away on the tree. The end scene was actually a scene that happened. I'm not going to get into it too much, but it's a scene that happened by the Eitzadas. Because by the Eitzadas, actually, the Nachash raped Chava. And he put Zuhama in it, whatever that means. And, and that's why Nida and all this, is this Tomei that happens, all comes from that Zuhama, all comes from the Nachash. And, and, and the Nachash did this once before. It's also brought down that it was Yael, that, that there was a, a Gilgal of Yael. Esther was a Gilgal of Yael. And, 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 um, and Haman was a Gilgal of Sistra, whatever, that whole scene. But this whole scene that happened at the end happened by the Eitzadas also. By the Eitzadas, the Nachash attacked Chava. And Akash Baruch who said at this point, the Melech came back in, and the Melech wrote Xerah. That Christ was supposed to be destroyed. But when he saw his Malka, when he saw us, when he saw us, and he saw what Haman, the Melech, saw, what Haman wanted to do to his queen, as we know in Shir Hashirim, Shlomo Melech says that HaKosh Baruch is the Chassan, he's the Melech, he's the Chassan, and we're the Kala. So we look, we read this Pasuk in awe, and we say in this Pasuk that when HaKosh Baruch came back from his garden, and he said, you want to take away my Malka? You want to destroy my, my wife? You want to destroy Klaisro? In my house? In my world? That I created? Amalek, you want to destroy my children? My wife? You're done. Nobody messes with my wife. So you're right. They didn't get along. They went and they drank from the Yayin. They did Averis. They did what they were supposed to do. And I wrote Xerah. And I can't take that Xera back. And that's partly why there was a Holocaust. And the 10th German to be hung at the Nuremberg trial, before he was hung, screamed out, nobody understood what he was saying. He was saying, what do you think this is, a Purim spiel? That was his last words. The 10th German, 10, uh, sorry, uh, 10 children of Haman, and the 10 Nazis that were hung, who we know where they came from. We know that they come from Amalek. And there's a lot of things with the Holocaust, a lot of things from the Holocaust, that because that, that zero was never ripped up, it was just, it was just pushed over. But a Kurdish Baruch who said at the end of the day, I'm the Melech! And you're right, they didn't get along with each other, they did all those Averis. But you think, you think, Amalek, Haman, Nachash, you think you could take my Malka and hurt her, and, and hurt her in my, in my kingdom, in my world? Nobody messes with my Jews. Nobody messes with my Malka. And Haman knew he was done. And the same thing happened in the Holocaust. The Nazis were winning the world. It says that if they wouldn't have been so busy spending all the money that they did 
and using all the men and the trucks and the, 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 the trains, and they were so busy about killing Jews, had they been just focused on the war, they would have, they would have taken over the world. They were halfway there. But they were so busy with the Malka. They were so busy destroying Hashem's queen. So finally Hashem said, yeah, the assimilation, you can read the book from Rabbi Miller, there was assimilation, and there was all types of other things that the Jews were doing wrong, but at the end of the day, they were wiping us out, and Hashem said, no, you're not, you're not destroying my wife, my Malka, while I'm in the house. And that's why the war ended, and the Germans today are nothing. Their army is nothing, their nation is nothing. They had most of the world, they had the whole Europe. At most of the world, they made some big mistakes that Hashem put into their heads, whether it was Russia or whether it was their, their thing out in, in Africa. They made some big mistakes. Like Rosh Baruch Hu said, you're right. They, they, they deserve it. They deserve to the Israel. We did a lot of bad things that we shouldn't have done, and we did a lot of assimilation. Assimilation was over here when they went to the party, and, and we were at the height of assimilation. If you read Rabbi Miller's book, it's a very interesting book. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Hashem will always save us. In Mitzrayim, after two bases on Migdash, because at the end of the day, Kishbrochu cannot watch Haman on top attacking his wife, his Malka. May we see that Geula, may the Melech come into this courtyard that we're in, and the Gullus that we're in, and we know what's going on in the world, and may he say, it's enough. Stop attacking my wife in my castle. Amen. And take out a Malik and all their followers and hang them high like they did on Purim. Chag Sameach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.